Welcome to We Found Another Hour, a podcast and ministry of Grace Baptist Church, Springfield, Tennessee. Listen now as we join our host, Dr. Steve Freeman, and his guests as they give biblical insight into your toughest theological questions as we explore the Bible together. Amen. Give the Lord a hope praise today. Yes. We thank you, Abby. I just want to take a minute to thank Abby for leading us in worship and the entire band coming out today at an unprecedented time in this unprecedented way, in this unprecedented place. Instead of being in the house of God, we are in the parking lot of the house of God. So give Abby and the worship team a home praise today. Let me tell you, let me tell you who else I want to spend just a moment thinking and that's your entire staff and media team in order to even accommodate what we're doing today. Even next week, it's going to be the sound quality and everything that we do will be uh, much better. But in three days, listen, in three days, this team put together an opportunity for you to gather here today in corporate worship and still experience what God wants to do in this place. So again, a honk praise for our staff and worship and media team today. Yes, yes. Oh, I'm so thankful. Now listen, I'm going to be a little bit stationary today, and I would be remiss to tell you I am absolutely petrified right now that this thing going to fall over. But if it does, hey, listen, if it does, somebody pick up my notes. Michael Laborde, pick up my notes, and you come on finish preaching, all right? But if you have your Bibles this morning, turn with me to the book of Matthew, the book of Matthew chapter 6, and I want us to look at verses 25 through 33. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33, as we take a break from our current sermon series. And, uh, well, we just move into a message that I believe is timely for us this morning. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33, as we give a thought this morning to a sermon that I've entitled, The Antidote for Anxiety. The antidote for anxiety. I want you to understand why you're turning to Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33. Also, make sure that you got a pen and piece of paper handy. A pen and piece of paper handy so not only you can take notes, but you can do a little bit of instruction at the end. But uh, the antidote for anxiety. There is no doubt that we live in a period and time where lives and people in this world, people all around us, people in our community, there are people who are scared to death, and rightfully so in a sense. We live in a time where there is anxiety amongst the people, even God's people. But I want you to understand something before we really get into this, some positives of, of, of what is going on in our midst. And I want to just uh, make you aware of some of those positives, all right? One, I want you to understand it's times like this that God does some of his, uh, of his most creative work in and amongst and around our lives. So we're grateful for what uh, God is doing. But even in that, there may be some things that, that you should be appreciative of that I've recently discovered how appreciative I am. As a matter of fact, I was thinking about this this week. You know, we sing a song that says, count your blessings, name them one by one. I began to start naming some of my 
blessings. The other day when I went into the grocery store, now you may not be able to find any toilet paper. Come on. Somebody ought to honk on that. You may not be able to find any paper towels. You might not even be able to find any meat over in the butchering department. You may, I mean, the shelves may be scarce, but let me tell you, a personal blessing. When I walked in, I went down to Chip Isle, and there was a whole shelf full of Doritos, and I looked over across, and there was Mountain Dew. Praise God, I'm going to survive. <laughs> Some of y'all were with me. Not only, not only that, hey, think about this. Why are we talking about grocery store? You know the Lord is doing some amazing things. He's clearing up some, some of the things that we had phobia about and some of those things that's been ailing us. I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, and here's what it said. Just like that, all of a sudden, nobody's gluten-free anymore. <laughs> Come on, I don't care who you are. That's funny. That's funny. I know it's still an issue, but it's still funny, all right? But think about this. There's some positives from the Lord's perspective, and I want you to listen to me. Now look at me. Now you know I can't even tell if you're looking at me or not. But look at me. Because I want to tell you something. In this, God. Think about this from God's perspective. As He's taken everything really that can distract our lives. I mean, when there's nothing good on TV anymore to watch, all you can watch is about a pandemic, and that'll bring you down. There's nothing really good on Facebook to watch anymore because all it's just gloom and doom everywhere you turn. Now look at me. And now, listen, since God has shut down the baseball and he's shut down the softball and he's shut down the soccer and all the other spring activities that I'm going to miss but yet often become a distraction in our lives. Now, that, listen, we're... When the, the malls are closed and you can no longer order anything online, all of these things that begin to distract us because it's those things that we so desperately desire when they're no longer attainable for us. Ladies and gentlemen, there are things about God. Something, he shut every distraction out of our lives, so that means we've got no excuse and no reason why we can't hang out with the Lord. And this is exactly what He's doing, ladies and gentlemen. I want you to think about this for just a minute. There's somebody maybe in this parking lot, maybe multiple people, but there's somebody in this world that God has so desperately wanting to hang out with that he shut the whole world down in order to get your attention. Now, somebody might say, now, Pastor, you believe that this pandemic came from the Lord? I'm not saying that. Some would say, hey, this thing came from the devil. There's no doubt we live in a... Uh, uh, a fallen world where these things are going to take place but somebody say that came from the devil it does not matter the source if God didn't allow it it wouldn't happen so he shut the whole world down to get our attention and I pray this morning that he's got your attention he just wants to hang out with us and he slowed everything down to a screeching halt so he can hang out with you. This is how much God loves us. Think about the positives from God's perspective. But there's no doubt this time that we live in is a time filled with angst. It's a time filled with anxiety. It's a time filled with worry. No doubt. But what I want us to understand today, last week I talked about the fact that God's people do not 
have to live in fear. Y'all remember that sermon I preached last week about fear? I'm talking in the fact that we do not have, if you're here today and you've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus, come on, y'all gonna get me preaching now. This thing gonna get to rocking here. But if you've been bought by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, I mean, if you've given your life to the gospel, if you've given your fact to the God, uh, to, uh, given your life to the fact that God gave his life for you, if you believe that Jesus died on that old rugged cross, was buried and got up from the dead on the third day, you've been saved. And friend, when you're saved, you don't have, listen, you don't have to live your life in fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of great power. This is who God is and what he's done for our life. We don't have to live in fear, but today... I want us to talk about anxiety. And you understand today that fear and anxiety are, are, are two different ends of the spectrum. Fear, by definition, is an emotional response to a current situation. Whereas anxiety is, a, is an emotional response to a perceived situation or a perceived in the future threat. Certainly, fear and anxiety have filled the hearts of people in this world. But I'm here to tell you today that for those of us in Christ Jesus, we don't have to fear and we don't have to experience anxiety. So the question becomes today, how do we get rid of all this worry and anxiety? Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33. Now here's what I want you to understand before I get into this passage of Scripture. I want you to understand today and I've been trying to help you to understand this for the last couple of years. I've been telling you that this life is tough. Would anybody agree with me on that? Flash the light or honk a horn. Let me know you're out there. Life is tough. We're going to, I told you just less than six weeks ago, I didn't know where we were headed, but I told you in a sermon that I preached, I said, you're either in a storm, you've either come out of a storm in your life, or you're getting ready to head to a storm. I had little idea what was coming around the corner. But we're going to experience trouble in this life. But here's what I want you to understand. Whether you're here today and you're saved or lost. Let me define those terms. There are many of you here today. You've given your life to Jesus. And I appreciate that. Saved and lost is simply a definition. Or by definition. Okay. By spiritual definition. Is what you've done with the gospel. What I just shared just a few minutes ago. What you've done with the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus. You've either accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or you have not. So I use the terminology saved for a person who's been, who, who's been saved because they have accepted what Jesus has done. They've accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. If you're here today and you've never accepted, we're going to use the category or the, defin or, or the word, the terminology lost. It's not a derogatory term. It just simply means and refers to the fact that you've never accepted Jesus. But here's what I want you to understand today. And hopefully I can make this clear for us today. It does not matter who you are and what you've done with the gospel. Whether you're saved or lost, we're not, the saved people are not immune from trouble. I've tried to tell you this over the last few years. That we're still going to, while we're in this world, we're going to experience trouble throughout our life. 
We're going to experience trial and tribulation. This is a classic example because the person to your left of you in the car and the person to the right of you, it does not matter if they're saved or lost. Whoever's right beside you is experiencing the same thing that you are today. We're all, the whole world is going through the same thing. An unprecedented and unparalleled time in the, in the history of our nation where the whole world would be affected in such a way. Never in a time has a whole world ever been quarantined. And I believe that we're getting ready to go. I'll talk about this in a minute, but I, I believe by the end of the week we're all going to be confined at home except for a gathering like this. It's a weird time, but we're all experiencing it. So understand, but just because you're saved or even today, if you think getting saved is a magic pill that's going to make all your trouble go away, it is not. We're still going to experience perilous times in, the life, uh, in, in our lives. Whether it be saved or lost lives, we're still going to experience those times. But the difference is not whether or not we're going to have trouble. The difference between the saved and the lost is how we make it through the trouble. I'm out. How we make it through the trouble. I like this the most interactive you've ever been. I know y'all not asleep. Now listen, here in a minute, for y'all senior adults, I know what y'all used to do at the drive-in. We're going to do a hand check in just a minute. Hand check. <laughs> and the senior said, amen, amen. But here, we have to understand that we're going to have trouble, and trouble in our lives typically brings these emotions of fear and anxiety. So how do we get through that? How do we, what is the antidote today for anxiety? That's what I want to talk about. Matthew chapter 6, verse 25 through 33. Do not stand for the reading of the Word of God. I'll stand on your behalf. As we look at this passage this morning, I'm going to give you three antidotes, actually. Three antidotes for anxiety in our lives. Look at verse 25. And Jesus said in his sermon on the mountain, one of the most important sermons Jesus ever preached, one of the most important sermons ever preached in human history, I quote from Jesus. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you'll put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Oh, this is my favorite part. I've used this so many times, so many illustrations. Look at verse 26. Look at the birds of the air, Jesus said. Look at the birds of the air, for they do not sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth, are you not worth much more than a bird? And who, who of you out here, who of you can be, by, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? And why are you worried about clothing, for crying out loud? That's in the Greek. Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin, yet I say not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown in the furnace, in other words, which has not much merit or value, will he not much more clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. 
Do not worry then saying, what are we going to eat when the grocery store don't have any groceries? Or what will we do? That's in the Greek. Or what will we drink? Or what will we wear for clothing? For the lost people, that's what they seek. They're trying to figure out. For your heavenly Father already knows that you need all of these things. Look, here's the key to life. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all of these things will be added unto you. Pray with me. Father, I teach us how to get this anxiety out of our lives. Because we so filled with it. And people scared to death today in this world. And we got a message of hope that we can take to them today. For some in this parking lot, they came here today looking for a little hope. We're going to give it from the word of God. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for what you have already done through this pandemic and what you're going to continue to do. Let us take heed. Let us make a choice. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Some habits are hard to break. I'm giving you three antidotes for anxiety. The first antidote for anxiety in our lives really comes through trusting God. Write this down. Trusting God as our advisor. Trusting God as our advisor. Look at verse 25. The Bible says, Jesus said, For this reason I say to you. One of the things I want us to point out, one of the things that I think has been so clear over the last couple of weeks, and I, I even talked about this in my sermon last week, is the fact that God speaks to His children. Amen? I said God speaks. One of the greatest benefits of being saved is the fact that, as I said last week, you get a personal guide, a personal GPS, a guidance system for your life, and it's in operation 24 hours a day, Seven days a week, 724, God is guiding our lives. This is why I'm so thankful that we don't have to guess and we don't have to wonder. I mean, we don't have to wander through this life aimlessly. We can know exactly what God wants us to, uh, what, what He wants us to do, how He wants us to do it, where He wants us to go, how He wants us to get there. I mean, every part of our life, including how to get through a pandemic, God is going to tell us. All we have to do is ask and He will provide the answer because God communicates with His children. I want to encourage you today, again, friend, if you're here without a relationship with Jesus, understand that these benefits are not necessarily available for your life. These are reserved for the children of God. These antidotes are reserved for the children of God to get us through times like this. But in times like this, in the good times, in the bad times of our life, God is always communicating with us. And here we find that in this passage of Scripture. Here clearly, Jesus, in a timeless word for our life, Jesus is telling us that we don't have to worry. Now I could end my sermon here, but I wrote about six more pages that I want to share with you. But Jesus told us not to worry, so that should be the end of the discussion. But he said that we don't have to worry. Now, listen to this. 
What Jesus is not communicating here is that worry is not a part of the Christian's life. Now I want you to hear me when I say that. What, he, what he's communicating clearly here, okay, is not that we're not going to experience worry and anxiety and fear, but for the child of God, we may experience it, but we, we're not consumed by it. Does that make sense? That means that we can press on and move on and we don't have to succumb to the fear and anxiety that comes into our life. I'll give you an example. When I was this week, as I watched the president's press conference on Monday, I knew things were going to rapidly change in terms of how we do things at church. And I'm going to tell you as your pastor, I just want to go ahead and, and be transparent here. I want you to understand that if you had called me Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, my normal greeting when you say, Pastor, how you doing? And I normally say, I'm doing great. How you doing? I wouldn't have said that Monday. And I wouldn't have said that Tuesday. But praise the Lord, Wednesday comes along. Come on, are you listening to me today? Because here, Monday and Tuesday, things seemed bleak. But Wednesday became a bright spot in a bleak week. You know why? Because as I was thinking through the fact that we were going to have to shut our doors on the campus. Not only here, but also the Greenbrier campus. We weren't going to be able to gather corporately because there's no way that we could meet the mandate of 10 or less. In my mind, I'm thinking, Lord, we've got to be able to gather for church somehow. There's got to be a solution because I'm thankful for online solution. I'm thankful for the opportunity and the provision that's been made through the Internet to, to be able to watch church online. And we're, we have thousands of folks watching even now. We had almost a thousand folks watch our Sunday school, Brother Bob's Sunday school. I'm thankful that you were able to go to Sunday school this morning. And I pray that you did because you're not getting out of Sunday school. But here's the deal. As I got to thinking about that and I got to praying, my heart sank because here's the reality. Here's what I know. And I even find out some things later. But here's what I know. First of all, I've always told you that God will do things unprecedentedly at church and in a corporate worship service that He will not do at home. It's not that He can't. I said He won't. So there's a reason why He tells us not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. There's a reason for that. Now I know the provision of online and and i'm thankful for that but friends that's not a solution for longevity another reality about corporate worship and being able to gather even if you can't get out and hug somebody's neck and shake somebody's hand just the fact that you're here and you're able to wave at somebody look at your neighbor and wave to them look to the left look to the right i mean you got some human interaction praise god and this is what i found and understood about church. That in that people come to church for an experience with God. And they come to church for the community of church. They come for the community of the people of God. There's something about when our brothers and sisters are able to gather together. And even see one another. And I told the Lord. I said Lord there's got to be another way. And I was filled with anxiety and worry. 
because I knew that the online solution was not going to be built for longevity. We'll only watch the computer at home so long. You know, another thing I found out, and this really put fear, when I began to call the people, and I'm thankful for our staff, and, 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 and all of us gather because we're going to take care of our senior adults. We're going to expand that beyond our senior adults this week based on what I believe is coming. But they have been so diligent in calling every single day and making sure that we get a meal to them. And it's been such a, a, a great response in that. But one of the days when I was calling, I was doing a little poll. And out of the 41 senior adults that were on my list to call, I found that two had access to the internet at their home. You know what that means? That in the online option, we've completely alienated a whole generation of people. I knew there had to be something better. I knew that there had to be something more. I just didn't know what it was. I needed an advisor. And about 10 o'clock after I got off a conference call at the RCBA, and, and there the question was asked by one of our pastors here locally who said, if you don't have an internet option, what is another option? And nobody had an answer, including your pastor. I didn't know. But let me tell you, I was heartbroken. And about 10 o'clock, I began to pray and asking the Lord. And I want you to understand that we serve a great God who's a great advisor. I said, we serve a great God who's a great advisor. And then the Lord began to unfold in your pastor's heart a creative solution that brought us here today. Ladies and gentlemen, we can have church not because your pastor came up with some great idea. Surely to goodness, y'all know I'm not this small. I want you to understand that God unfolded the solution. He gave us an answer and a solution to a problem that we were facing. But it not only works for church and pandemics, it works for every aspect of your life. Friends, I want you to know that God is smart. He's so much smarter than we are, and He's got the solution for everything. Here's another thing I want you to understand. Today, we're going to have to choose all the way through this pandemic and epidemic that swept the whole world. We're going to have to choose who we're going to trust. We're either going to trust the Lord who I've just proven to you from the pages of the Bible has the solution to every problem we have. Friends, he's got the solution to the coronavirus. And he'll release that when he's ready. But I think he's, I think he's enjoying getting our attention, to be honest with you. But we're going to have to figure out in this who we're going to trust. Because I've said this time and time again. Are you listening? Look at me. Are you looking at me? I want you to understand that not one of us on this parking lot or one of us watching by way of the airwaves is smart enough to figure out every solution to every problem that we face in our life. So we're going to have to trust the Lord. If not, the only other option is to trust in ourselves. And I promise you that's a dangerous option. God is availing him. Look, look, look. God is availing himself today to be your great advisor. And therefore, when he's our great advisor, we can eliminate fear, but we can eliminate anxiety. You want to know what the antidote for anxiety? Let God be your advisor. Trust him as your advisor. A second antidote 
A second antidote for the anxiety in our lives comes through trusting God as our provider. Not only trusting Him as our advisor, but trusting Him as our provider. Look at verse 25. For this reason I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or drink, nor for your body is what you'll put on. Is life not more than food in the body, more than clothing? Boy, is that not a message for America today? Hey, hey! Isn't that a message for America today? Look at the birds, he said. Oh, my favorite part, look here. Look at the birds of the air. For they don't sow nor reap or gather in the barn, but yet God still feeds them. How much more value are you than a bird? And what about worry? How can you add any time to your life by worrying? As a matter of fact, it takes time away. And why are you worried about clothing for crying out loud? Observe the lilies of the field. They don't do anything, but yet God still... Solomon wasn't even clothed in all of this splendor. And if God's going to take care of grass, and He's going to take care of birds, how much more is He going to take care of us? Friend, this ought to be a good reminder for us today that God is in charge... And for those of us who are God's children, God is going to provide for us. He's going to take care of us even at the darkest times. Now, I do want to say a word about this because oftentimes we get confused even when we're not going in a pandemic. You understand what I'm saying? There are times that, that, that we get confused about God going to take care of us. And we use that as a catchy slogan, all right? And then we, and we use it to evade the responsibility that we have. Now, won't you look at me? In every part of God's provision, we have a hand in it. We have some responsibility. Are y'all listening? Let me know you're listening. Flash your lights or honk your horn. I want you to know. We've got some responsibility in this thing. We've got some responsibility. We can't just throw up our hand as we travel through life and say, well, I don't have to worry about that. God's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of us, but we got a hand in it. I wish I had time to go back to Genesis 1, 2, and 3 and show you how God put Adam in the garden and he grew all the trees he provided for him. But you know what he told him? He said, you go get the stuff. I wish I had time to take you back through the exodus and the wilderness experience when God rained down manna out of heaven. He brought down heavenly food right down to the doorstep. But you know what he didn't do? He didn't put it in the cupboard. He didn't put it in the refrigerator or on the kitchen table. They had to go out and get it. We always got responsibility when it comes to God's provision. So make no never mind. But here's what I want you to see. Oh, isn't it funny? I love how Jesus threw this illustration in here. And I've said this before. So if you've heard it before, just, 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 just play along like you never heard it. But he talked about these birds. And he said, look at the birds of the air. They don't reap nor sow or store in barns. You know what that is in the Greek? They don't do nothing but just fly around. And then when they get hungry, they just swoop down and get them a worm or something. And God has always provided for the birds of the air. Isn't that amazing to think about that? Have y'all ever seen a dead bird before? Have you, has anybody in the house, anybody in the parking lot seen a dead bird before? Let me see, let me hear it. All right, now, 
Let's do this. How many of you have seen a dead bird from starvation? You ever seen an anorexic bird? I've seen some birds hit by cars and killed by BB guns. A lot of them in my backyard, by the way. But I ain't never seen one dad from starvation. And if the, God, if the God of this universe cares about a bird, how much more does he care about the great crown jewel of his creation and that's you and I, the human existence? Don't you think that God's not going to take care of us? Again, we have responsibility. You know why we don't have to have anxiety in our life? Because we know that God is sitting on the throne caring for the birds, caring for the flowers, caring for those trees back there, caring for the grass out here, okay, caring for the onions out here, caring for the grass over here, and he's caring for every single individual sitting in the car today. We don't have to worry. We don't have to have anxiety. But let me tell you a third reason why we don't. Let me give you a third and final antidote for anxiety. And that is through trusting God as our Savior. We trust Him as our advisor. We trust Him as our provider. But we trust God as our Savior. Verse 32. For your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. But you seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. And everything you need not everything you want. Look at me. Look at me. Not everything you want. Sometimes he even throws that in. Sometimes he even throws the wants in because he's a good, good father. You're sitting in a warm car, ain't you? You're sitting in a warm car, ain't you? Sitting in a warm house, some, some dwelling place. And even though it may be scarce, even though it may not be that food that you like. You know, I'm learning some things about pandemics, right? I made a little joke about the Doritos and Mountain Dew. But I want you to understand something. You be proud of your pastor. Because I ate one of my first vegetables that I've eaten in about 20 years. You know what I told Leanne and my kids, don't you? I said, if we're going to have to plant a garden and tend the garden, I might well learn how to eat something from the garden. And Leslie Dean said, amen. I heard that with the windows up. But here, God has provided I want to come back to Savior, but I want to say something about provision, okay? Now listen to me when I say this. When I tell you that God is going to provide for you, I want you to understand He's already started to provide for you. He's already laid the foundation, especially for some of you senior folks here. That's getting ready to expand on Monday to our meeting and adult bunch, then it's going to expand to the young adult bunch. As I believe, when they, when they implement a nationwide quarantine, 
You're going to have to have some help. And God has already provided. And our church is already set up in mode. We've already, in, the, in, in times like this, when they do a quarantine, it's only going to be a central service. And I want you to know the church is an essential service that will remain open. And your staff is going to serve it. And in that, we've already commandeered a restaurant. Come on. We bought, and that's going to be an essential service. And in that, we've already started to be able to figure out and map out how we can get meals to you every single day. We're already, God is already working out a plan to provide. And not only is it a plan to provide, it's, it's a plan to survive. When you think about it, I'm so grateful to have the partnership of Alan Pratt and Larry's Restaurant. Over all these years, he's been good to Grace Baptist. And now we got the opportunity not only to serve you, not only provide you a great meal that, that's so low in calories, It's all gluten-free. But here's the deal. We also have the opportunity to come alongside one of our partners in ministry and one of our own family. At a time when there's, when there's no doubt that the restaurant business is going to suffer. It's already down about 70%. But when we bring you a meal every day, and for those of you who can pay for it, I want you to get one every single day so we can lay eyes on you and make sure you're okay. We bring you a meal. And then for those of you who can't afford it, I want you to order a meal anyway. And then those who have a little extra, I want y'all to pay for it. And make sure that we're feed. But not only that, to make sure that we take care of one of our own. Larry's Restaurant. Larry's Restaurant been a staple in this community for years and a partner of Grace Baptist, and we going to make sure that they make it through the pandemic. Amen? Now, we're going to take care of other businesses too, but we're going to be a service provider for not only you as our members, but a church, uh, a, 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 as a church for our entire community. God is already setting up the provision. But let me get back to trusting God, not only as our advisor, not only as our provider, but as our Savior. You know what Jesus is saying? He's saying, here you're going to have to make a choice. You're either going to do this thing your way, you're going to make it through your way, or you do it my way. What's your choice going to be? See, this is the choice for all of us. It don't matter if you're saved or lost. Here's the choice. You're going to do it my way, are you going to do it your own way? And friend, we've already proven that our way is not going to work through something like this. You know why? Come on. You know why it's not going to work? Because if you did it your way, you would already have a cure. You would already have an answer for the coronavirus. And we'd be on the inside instead of the outside. We ain't going to make it through this on our own. But you can choose today. To trust God and allow Him to get us through this. That starts with making Him the Savior of your life because this isn't the only pandemic you're ever going to experience in your life. It may be the only public and world pandemic, 
But you're going to experience some epidemics in your life that you're going to need some help with. And God is making Himself available now to you. But you're going to have to choose what you're going to do. Some of you here today have never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. There are some of you watching today, you've never trusted Jesus as Lord and Savior. And God is calling you home. God is saying, I want to be your advisor. I want to be your provider. All you have to do is make me your Savior. It's so simple. And I'm going to walk you through that in just a minute. But let me talk to you as we close today. Let me talk to you who are here who've trusted God as your Lord and Savior. You know what God is saying? Hear what Jesus is saying. Now listen, let this get in your heart. Seek me first, and my kingdom's rule in your life. And I'll add the things that you need to your life. We've been so busy about adding the things that we need and want to our own lives. And this has been our focus. Listen to me, church. Listen to me, saved people. We've been out here caught up in the same rat race as the rest of the world. And we've been trying to do it our way. And we've been caught up in the same quest. The same quest that Jesus addressed even earlier in this passage. Way up back in verse 19. You know what he said? He said, why don't you seek after treasure in heaven? Where moths and rust can't destroy it and thieves can't break in. But we've been too busy trying to store up our treasures here on earth. And friend, God's brought us back to the basics today. And today, He is calling the church to reprioritize our lives. He's given us one more chance to get this thing right. And the question becomes, what are you going to do with it? Are you still going to chase after what the world's chasing after? Are we going to run head first, headlong, straight forward to Jesus Christ? Are we going to put Him in His rightful place? Is He going to be the priority of our lives? God is calling us to reprioritize. Now I want every person to get their pen out right now. Get your pen out and a piece of paper. Get your pen out and a piece of paper. And I want you to write these two numbers down. You ready? Here's the first number. 615-384. For those of you watching at home, get a pen and a piece of paper right now. 615-384-3393. Let me give it to you again. 615-384. 3393. That's our office number. Here in just a moment, I'll tell you what to do with that number. Here's another number 615 581 7631. Let me give it to you again 615 581 7631. Let me tell you what that number, that's a text messaging number. I'll tell you what to do with those in just a moment. Would you bow with me? Thank you for listening to We Found Another Hour. With your host, Dr. Steve Freeman, a ministry and podcast of Grace Baptist Church of Springfield, Tennessee. 
If you'd like more information about becoming a follower of Christ, we'd love to have that conversation. Please contact us at 615-384-3393. For other questions or information regarding Grace Baptist Church or its affiliates, write to us via email, podcast at gbcspringfield.org. And as always, as we explore the Bible together, if you have a theological question that you'd like answered on our podcast, send the question to podcast at gbcspringfield.org. Thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless you.